0: Welcome to Kufaru Cast everyone. Uh, today is going to be Fitness, Diet, Nutrition Day. Um, we're also going to fat shame some. And, uh, but really what we're going to cover is uh, uh, what we had Josh Bomar on the podcast recently, and he said that uh, vegetables were the devil along with some other stuff. And we got a lot of, maybe not blowback from that, but we had a lot of feedback, questioning if... Uh, his advice on dieting was a good idea. So I called my friend uh, Jessica over at FitMD, who did us the solid of bringing in her husband and her nutritionist. And so the, the podcast room is packed today. So thanks for coming, guys and gals.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having us.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, Jessica's on her phone. So we're going to hop off. Why don't you introduce yourself and a little bit of your background?
1: Yeah, so my name's Sam, um, and I'm a dietitian, so I don't know if everybody knows the difference between just um, someone that calls himself a nutritionist and a dietitian, but a dietitian is much more qualified and credentialed. It's a legally protected title, so went through a lot of schooling, um, have a master's degree in nutrition, and you go through a lot of hours, have to take an exam to get that, so I think if you're getting any advice about nutrition. Seek out a dietitian because it's the actual expert in the field. Um, And I mostly um, was doing sports nutrition, but I do a lot of other stuff in community. So I have a bit of a scope on nutrition, so I can answer a lot of questions.
2: Well,
0: that's good. We have a lot. Um, (laughs) One one of the, uh, I guess, biggest things that you you know the what I ran into and I still don't know exactly how to do like perform a correct diet but the bro science that you kind of hear about and the different things of how much protein to eat if you're gaining muscle how much carbs you should eat um and and are carbs bad are carbs good the fad diets there's a lot of stuff that gets thrown uh thrown out there and we get a lot of questions and I'm the farthest thing I mean I was a I'm a reformed fat kid, so I know enough to get myself in trouble. But when you start talking about different body types and different fad diets or, or whatever you want to call them, what do you think about some of the different diets, I guess, out of the gate that, that might get confusing to some people as far as like the primal blueprint diet and things like that? I mean, uh, do you suggest different diets for different body types?
1: Not necessarily. I actually look at it on an individual level because the very first thing is that everybody has different genetics. And so that will be the biggest influence on anything. And then after that, it's more situational. So what does your actual activity um, look like every day? Uh, What's your body composition? How much time do you have to cook or go to the grocery store? Or even if you don't, like, grabbing something. So I look at all of those things. And then um, generally when I talk to people, I like to hear what they're already doing. And then I don't like to stray from that too far Um, because if you're kind of going hitting it real hard, first of all, you're probably going to fail right away. Um, And then also uh, it's kind of like a shock to the system if you're going to change everything really rapidly. So I like to do slow things. Um, But for the most part, there's lots of overarching guidelines, you know, like everything should be in balance. You should be trying to eat a majority whole foods, so that means things that look the way they did in nature. So for plants, it looks how it was growing as a plant. Um, you know, instead of like white bread, it looks, you got you can see the little grains on your bread or you're eating actual brown rice or things like that. And then with um, like meat or animal products, it looks similar to when it was alive, so rather like a cut of meat than uh, things like sausages that are all um, full of preservatives and things like that. And so from there, then it's kind of just making sure that you have a balance um, of like macronutrients too. So, and that, I think that depends a lot. There's really big ranges for all of those, like carbohydrates is the biggest one just because that gives us all our energy, but it's um, like 40 to 60% of your diet, which is like a huge range and so it really depends on what you're doing um, and then just trying to make sure that your meals kind of look similar you know you're not having a really big meal in the evening and not really eating anything in the morning or you're having like one small snack that's all protein at one at one point and then eating all your carbs at another meal so it should all be really balanced
0: okay so so we're not drinking through a fire hose too much with everything you just said where you said it was situational person to person, let's take, I would say the average, what most of our listeners are uh, nine to five construction work type job, not all of them, but some, they have kids and a busy, busy schedule. So I would guess that most of our listeners would be 30 to 40 pounds overweight. Would you, <laughs> I would roughly not all. Um, if it's someone that has a busy schedule and, that let's say they need to drop you know they've got the 40 year old 40 pounds they need to lose um, what are some of the like base platforms they could look at when they get home today because I, I know I get a lot of questions about look in my cupboards what what do you think and generally it's like you need to throw everything away all that stuff is is bad but it gets confusing on the you know the ingredients what's good what's bad and it it's easier to just eat Organic and kind of run off of fresher. I say fresher frozen, but try to eat fresh produce and but for the people that can't do that or a little bit confused What is some of the first things they can do to initially start dropping weight to look out for to get out of their house? uh, Drop out of their diet things like that.
1: Yeah, so actually the first thing I usually tell people is not fully food-based, it's more behavioral-based. So I tell a lot of people um, that the first step they should take when they're trying to change their diet and nutrition is to try to eat off of their hunger and fullness cues, because I think people are so far away from them. Um, They'll try to restrict themselves when they're hungry, and then when they finally get something to eat, they're eating way past their fullness cues, or they never listen to their fullness cues ever. And when you're losing weight, basically um, what you need to do to have like a healthy steady weight loss where you're not going to mess up your um, metabolism, you're not going to be at an increased risk for injury or illness, um, is just to take off 250 to 500 calories from your total expenditure, so what you burn in a day. Um, And that's not that much if you think about it, you know, like snacks are 250 calories. So, or like a a couple bites past your fullness at every single meal, you know, several times throughout the day, that can be 250 to 500 calories. So the first thing I do is like make sure that they're kind of within those cues so that they're not overeating or undereating throughout the day. And then from there, I use um, the MyPlate guidelines, which is like the USDA's new food pyramid. Um, It's definitely a lot better. It's a lot more comprehensible. Um, but basically what it shows is that half your day should be fruits and vegetables in terms of volume. So if you're not anywhere near that, um, you don't have to go out tomorrow and do that. But So you're saying another- Josh
0: Bomar was a liar. No, I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. That was what everybody came back with was
3: pretty much what you said was. So you're saying he, that. He said he could get all of his nutrients from supplements. Is that true? Mm-hmm. He, he owns a supplement company, though, so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I. there's not really a way to exactly swap out supplements for fruits and vegetables, What's unfortunately.
4: Yeah. Supplement the diet.
1: Yeah, so you're kind of getting a little bit too much of some things and not enough of other things when you do that. And so you can't really swap it out. So yeah, and then also if you're trying to lose weight, um, by adding lots of vegetables to your diet, you're not adding a ton of calories, but you're adding volume. So you get to eat all of this food, you know, you half your day's fruits and veggies, then, uh, compared to the other half being um, like meat or processed carbs um, or just even complex carbs, um, then that's way more calories. And so if you're just eating tons of vegetables, you're not really eating that much calories, but you're feeling full and satisfied.
3: I think, uh, I think Josh's argument was vegetables and fruits are harvested prior to becoming fully mature with all of their nutrients. So that's why he said that he And they b- have a,
0: it's not an antibody, I don't know what he called it. They build up a defense system the moment you pluck them to try and stay alive. And so you're not getting the nutrient value from them that you should, should or possibly could be getting.
1: Yeah, and that's just because they have a lot of fiber, yeah. but that's kind of good. It's kind of good to have fiber that you're not digesting because then you're not getting calories from those things. Um, but also, you know, um, if you're really concerned, like you already eat a lot of vegetables and you feel like you're not getting the nutrients you need, then shop local, like get to know your farmers. That's the best way to know. Um, or he did say get frozen and yeah, that's correct. They let it, um,
3: like flash frozen.
1: Yeah. They let it harvest or they harvest it later. So it gets more nutrients in it and then they, uh, blanch it. So
0: one of the things that, uh... I tried to explain to some of the people that messaged me is because he talked a lot about the carnivore diet, which you can't not lose weight because when I say that most people are eating a Snickers or a donut or they're their their diets full of crap. So it's pretty easy to say go to the the you know, if you go to the carnivore diet, it and no almost no one has the patience for or the discipline for that. Even if you only did it half fast, you're going to start dropping a ton of weight because your initial diet was probably pretty crappy. But what do you think about like the carnivore diet or a, or a no-carb, what what do you what is it the ketosis diet, whatever they call that, keto diet? Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. Basically, people see a lot of good results because they're paying attention to their diet, which they never really did before. Um, so I think a lot of people like those because then someone else is giving them parameters and they have to listen to them so then they feel like they have more control. But kind of my stance, and this is why I do it on an individual level, is um, you really have to get to know your own body and listen to what it's saying, not put crap in there, um, try to get really good things that make you feel good. And then I think from there people are able to have more control because they, um, they understand the feedback from their hunger and fullness cues and their energy levels from eating um, a cleaner, more nutritious, more nutritionally dense diet um, than from, you know, eating candy bars and all that stuff. Um, But I think at first it's the control. That's what that's what people want.
0: Gotcha. So I would say on average, um, most people will gain, you know, at least what they lost, if not double that that. Well, like. I kind of make jokes about watching Rocky when he fought the Russian and everyone's pumped up and then they're like, man, I'm fat, I need to go on a diet. Or what? Something happened in their life that they're gonna change their lives. And then they go full, like tilt Peterbilt and they're like, all right, I'm gonna change everything. They join a gym and they go the keto diet um, or the no carb diet. And they lose a bunch of weight um, initially and they're excited about that and it carries them through and then they fall off the wagon. And the 35 pounds they drop, they gain 50 back the moment they start stuffing donuts back in. And so for, for me, it's always been easier to try Like you talked about the fullness cues. I try to eat every two and a half to three hours. And in the winter, I don't eat as much. And then if I want to eat, which this isn't good, if I train really hard throughout the course of the day, I want to eat a half a jar of peanut butter and a banana. I know I worked hard enough to, to earn that where if the next day I'm static all day or stagnant, I don't eat as much and in the winter I don't, which is allows me to kind of flatline all year long and stay at a certain weight. What I had issues with when I went to uh, the keto diet is I bonked. Once my heart rate, it was on a, a backpack hunt and like five days into it, I could barely walk. Like I was going 10 feet at a time. I started eating all my friend's food and it spiked back up because I was getting carbs in. When you talk about the person to person basis. Is that kind of what you're basing it on? If you're a really static person and you're not really getting out and doing any fitness levels, you might have them more towards, uh, like a keto type diet or
1: sort of. Yeah. So I think, uh, people really go too far with keto, um, because carbs, so their thing, like their primary function Is energy protein and fat they have other functions in the body but um, so if you're not expending a lot of energy then you don't need as many carbs so it's not eradicate all the carbs never eat carbs it's eat it in moderation and so what I tell a lot of people is um, you've got your plate eat your vegetables first eat your protein second and then finish on your carbs so once you hit your fullness cue, then your body's telling you I didn't need that extra energy Um, And I think usually people are just snacking on carbs all the time. They don't realize how many they're actually eating um, and then how much energy they're not expending throughout the day. And so then that's where it kind of, um, that's why people are really interested in keto because, you know, it's it's cutting out all of those carbs that they were unnecessarily eating in the first place. But a lot of times it does take it too far. So in your case, you were expending energy. So your body needed um, those carbs. And since you were probably first on it, your body wasn't used to using the fat instead. Um, and that could be common too. Like, uh, for, for example, I'm my body tends to be more on that carb side where if I don't have carbs um, before I work out or kind of throughout the day, I just feel like a mess. I feel shaky. I feel like I'm going to pass out. Um, But other people, they don't seem to, they feel great on keto. They feel much better. Um, So yeah, it's definitely, if someone comes to me and they're already doing keto and they feel great, I'm not going to stop them. But then I'm also not going to suggest it because I don't know how they're going to react and it might not go very well
0: gotcha um Franco. as far as because you're hit you're probably putting as much activity working out right now as you have in a while what do you what are you eating and then i'm can you you go first and then you can you can pick me apart after that okay. but what do you what's your general diet now
3: i don't have like a specific diet but i'm kind of along the lines of aaron i eat every two to three hours and like i've tried the intermittent fasting thing but i didn't really feel like that was like super sustainable because after a while i feel like you do that for a while, a few weeks, and then you just feel super hungry, and then you're just like, screw it, and then you just fall off the wagon completely. So I'm, I'm more like every couple hours type of guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, you guys are pretty fit. You guys sound like you're really active, so it's kind of not necessary for you guys to not eat because your body needs those calories. Um, and I hear a lot more, actually now, intermittent fasting rather than keto. It's kind of the bigger thing now. Um, and it's kind of al- along the same lines of control. People want that control, and so that gives them um, a window. And so it's, e- it's just easier for people to follow. Um And then I just usually go back to the hunger and fullness cues. Like during that intermittent fasting period, like are you starving and you're just restricting yourself and then later you're going to eat way too much and it's going to be (laughs) – That's me.
3: Yeah, that's what happens. Is there like a bunch of (laughs) research on intermittent fasting or is it like all like mice and stuff?
1: So now there's only really research on obese people – um, and it's shown favorable effects. And I think at that point, it's like, yeah, they have a lot of issues from being obese. You know, cardiovascular disease, um, type 2 diabetes, can't really um, get into fitness, you know, because they've got all this inflammation, can't run or anything like that. And so at that point, it's like, okay, yeah, we'll do um, whatever we can just to kind of get you into a range where you feel more comfortable. So then they feel better. Um, if they do that. But then long term, they would usually come off of it. But that's the only place that I've really seen the research have favorable results.
0: How long, you're probably going to come back with it's person to person, but on average, is it good to go around 10 hours without eating from the time you go to bed to the time your first meal?
1: Um, So what I've seen with that is um, the most favorable effects, which I think people do the opposite, is if you're stopping eating Um, a while before you go to bed because then your body isn't up metabolizing things and doing all of those. It's resting. Um, But I think a lot of people instead will eat, like they'll wait till like noon or one o'clock to eat um, and then they'll eat like dinner. Um, So mostly I've seen like the 16 to 8 ratio. So they eat eight hours and then they go 16 fasting and then Is that good, though? Is
0: that what you suggest for the most
1: part? Um, I don't know if I'd suggest it. I have to see the person first or talk to them, but that's what I've seen. Um, And I think if you were doing that, making sure that what you are eating during those eight hours is very nutritionally dense because now you're limiting yourself, um, so you don't have as much of a chance to get things like protein or vitamins and minerals or fiber. Um, So trying to make sure that you're eating lots of whole foods during those eight hours. And if you feel like this is um, a very comfortable way to lose weight and that um, when you stop, you're not just going to gain it all back and be out of control, then it might be okay. Um, But I I don't know. I feel like a lot of people, they'll just yo-yo back. They will gain the weight back once they stop the intermittent fasting.
0: Now, um, I don't see what Frank does on this, but as as far as... um like, uh, starved cardio. Um, you know, I've, I've, my body type worked well for that if I didn't binge eat when I was done. Um, so if I could kind of, if, if I knocked out an hour worth of cardio and I got finished, I would have more carbs than I, that would be more of a carb meal when I got done with that, meaning whether it would be oatmeal or whatever else, not bad carbs, but I lost more weight. It seemed like when I did starve cardio, but I'm kind of a I'm the fat kid body type a little bit more. But it was hard not to overeat or binge eat, and so the issues I had with all the different diets I had tried was overeating. I'd binge eat. You know, I'd go long enough. So I fig I've kind of got now. If I eat two and a half three hours, I maintain a, a, a before around 200 now around 220 year round. I don't have any issue. I don't have any big dips and um like my energy level no matter what I'm doing, I turn into a fucking asshole if I don't eat. It's bad. And it used to not be probably because yeah, he'll tell you, I, I, I used to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah angry real big. Yeah, and and if you add sleep deprivation into that, which we have a lot of backpack hunters that listen in, you're you're backpacking in with sixty pounds for ten days with the food on your back. And some guys will try and diet while they do that, but I just I'm like, hey, the same diet you had and maybe add a little. So if you were at 2800 calories 2500 calories a day with an active lifestyle you want at least that but probably to bump it up to 35 because you're burning
1: you're walking uh, all day
0: yeah it's it's yeah a lot a lot of crazy climbs and things like that but when it what can happen with with backpack hunters i've noticed is they they have done this 10-day epic quest and then they go to shit when they get back for a few weeks and their metabolism screwed up anyway because they probably didn't bring the food they should. They've really starved themselves. So you're going through, you know, not much sleep and everything else. Um, would you suggest for for people that are going to do that, if you can imagine? I mean, you never backpack hunted, but you kind of guess to stick on the exact same diet, but maybe just bump up each category a little bit for because of the extra energy level.
1: Yeah, definitely add a little bit more. Um, yeah, so kind of backtracking to like to the. Um, the starved cardio. Um, So the reason that that is really good is because you do oxidize more fat when when you don't have any food in you. Um, So that's probably why that helped. Uh, And then when you are exercising, especially cardio, um, if you've done it for an extended time, so an hour or longer, um, then what you want after that is a three to one ratio carbs to protein in grams um, right after. So that's, you know, probably why you're craving carbs at that time. And so then that's kind of the same thing with backpacking. Like, it, I think a lot of people don't think about it this way, but it's endurance exercise. You know, you're hiking, you have a lot of weight on you, you're burning a lot of calories. So, yeah, you'd need uh, more things like carbohydrates, uh, maybe a little bit more protein because you're lifting heavy stuff all around. Um So not a ton more, but basically what you want to do is compensate for the energy, the extra energy that you're expending. So if you're normally pretty active and then you go on this backpack hunt, you might just need to add a little bit more. Um, So stick to your hunger cues, have a balanced diet. Um, And then if you're kind of sitting around before you went on this, then you're probably going to need to add a lot more because you're burning a lot more calories than you were on the
4: days that you're sitting around. It's my understanding that there's not... um Necessarily good evidence for specifically weight loss and doing fasted cardio. Like, as far as results go, probably that's different between individuals. But I think um, generally what I advise is if you feel good doing fasted cardio, do it. If you feel like you need something before you do it, which I do, or I will be uh, dry (laughs) heaving my guts out on a run, um, so I eat a little bit. But as far as weight loss goes, I think either way is fine. But the theme here, I think, is moderation and balance.
0: Yeah, that's definitely where I run. I, I have a peanut butter problem. So my thing, I'll eat a jar of peanut butter at one time. It's bad. So
4: I actually
1: used to do that, so don't feel yeah. too bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing that I try to explain to get people that phone in and ask questions and the same kind of need to drop 40, 50 pounds is I, I'm like, look, if you – just cut your calories down and stop drinking soda. You don't even have to exercise and you're going to lose weight. So if you're exercising, I'm like, Hey, you know, the, the what probably what happens? Cause I was in the same boat as I would go and I throw a 50, 60 pound pack on and I'd go for an hour, hour and a half. I felt really good. And then I'd go eat the leg off of my, you know, whatever neighbor's horse. I'd eat everything <laughs> cause I I'd earned it, but they just went back to zero. Uh, you know what I mean? They pretty much canceled out any, as far as weight loss goes, almost every everything they did, as far as calories in, calories out. So what I tried to do when I was really buckling down was have a snack with me in my pack, and I would, I or in my belt pouch where I could just grab it, which was generally some type of jerky or protein bar, or something to where at least I wasn't starving, so it would help with the bingeing potential binge eating at the end. Um, I don't. With uh, some of our listeners who are freakish athletes, um, they there's a ton of different advice that comes down the pl- pipe. Pipe, but for the most part, with listeners, if they're looking at um, cleaning up their diet, what would you say the standard? Obviously, like soda is a big problem. Um, that one's easy. Hey, don't drink soda. But the standard things that most people eat throughout the day that you're like oh my god get that out of your your diet is there anything like specifically that pops off the top of your head i always think of bread and soda or like two things you need to get out of your diet immediately
1: yeah processed sugar is just big trouble like there's not um any way around it you don't really need it it can cause lots of things like inflammation and um high cholesterol it's so if you're really into that then definitely cut it down um, soda is a big one, I think, because people don't get hungry from it. its water and sugar for the most part. Um, and sodium, so then you're more thirsty, drinking more soda. And so then that adds a ton of calories that you don't need, mostly harmful to your body. Um, and then, yeah, other processed carbs, I think people don't. Um, can you
0: break down what a processed sugar and processed carbs are?
1: Yeah, so it's basically... Um, Anything that is like if you think about like white bread or white rice. Um, so where these things are coming from is uh, like rice or grains. So you want it to be more of the whole, um, like I said at the beginning it has to look really similar to the way it was growing. So it should look like a grain, it should have its color still on it. Um, and if not, like if you're reading the food label um, and it's like a packaged product and it's all added sugar or there's just a ton of sugar in it, then that's a good indication that it's just all processed. There's no fiber, there's no vitamins and minerals other than enriched uh, stuff, but it's um, it's just better if you're getting all those things from the whole grains um, and fruits and vegetables instead, instead of getting it from the sugar.
0: Okay, so if you look at a a protein bar, which is a obviously very broad spectrum, there's lots of different protein bars. So without my friends calling making fun of me for being vegan, I generally try to buy um, the obviously gluten-free, uh, you know, protein bars or, or snack bars as, you know, reading through the ingredients because... A lot of the, like, when I was lifting heavy 10, 15 years ago, I'd get the Metrix Big 100 bars, which is like (laughs) eating a big candy bar. At the time, I didn't know that because, what was the strongest guy in the world's name? I can't remember. He was, like, really promoting them, and (laughs) I was only worried about getting strong. But then I read it, and I'm like, fuck, this is a Snickers, basically, you know, with a little extra protein. Is there any, like, advice you have for people as far as snack? Like, for somebody that's going to have to lose 60 pounds... I always like, hey, you need to find something to fill that void of snack food that's not really, really bad for you. So if you're taking out, um, let's say people have an issue that they eat cookies and I'm like, you're going to have to shit can those cookies and find something to fit in that void. So, you, you know, otherwise you're going to fall off the wagon. What are some good snack foods that people can that, that aren't processed?
1: Uh, yeah. I think it's hard to, um, to go from something like cookies to be like, uh, yeah, eat Can you a
3: make, fruit. like, uh, protein cookies? Like, That's what uh, I was kind of getting like at. O- like, oats and peanut butter or something and banana. I don't know. Is that what yeah. people use?
4: You guys talked about hacks, I think, well, a lot, which I hate. Like I, I kind of hate that phrase. <laughs> term.
3: Like, I had carb, fr- like,
0: no carb protein powder and I put eggs in it and made a pancake.
4: Oh, yeah. And That's
0: so, yeah, so stuff like that because, um... I don't have the discipline to not eat something like that throughout the course of the day. And so rather than grabbing like a Metrix Big 100 bar or whatever it was I was eating, I would try and and yeah, hacks. I would get something to wear or I'd make my own like granola bars or my own uh, trail mix where it wasn't quite as bad for me. And where one of the biggest eye openers I had as far as like breads. So there was this bread that I thought was super healthy. I was buying from King Supers. And I was in the Northwest Territories. Now keep in mind, I've been eating this bread for a year and thought it was good. And we, we get dropped off at a camp and up there, you're, there's, there's no people, there's no power, right? And we get like this little Quonset hut where you would stay and there's a, a bear bin and there's that same bread is in there and it'd been open for a year and we ate it that night. So it had been in there a year and didn't, didn't go bad. And this was like the healthiest bread that I thought was healthy at King Supers. And so I kind of was in the realization of like, all right, if my bread molds in a couple of days, I probably should eat that bread if I'm going to eat bread compared to the one with all the preservatives in it. So out of, the, out of trying to get a big picture for people listening, if you go to whatever your local grocery store is, anything in a package that will stay good for more than a week is bad that or could be bad.
1: Uh, Generally, yeah. Maybe a little bit longer than a week um, if you're really looking for a snack. Um, But I say instead hit the bulk section like where the bins are and you can scoop out your own portion uh, because those are things like seeds, nuts, whole grains. Um, Make sure that they're the ones with color on them. So the white rice and uh, white tortillas, all that um, is also processed. So then there you can make things like trail mix or they have pre-mixed trail mix. Um, or granola. So those are good, like you guys said, with uh, making your own protein bars. So get some oats and honey and peanut butter and uh, protein powder. Um, That's a good mix. Um, Or you could, yeah, just whatever flavors you want to put in there. Those are pretty good. Um, Try to get a mix of proteins and fats and carbs. Try to get your carbs from things like fruit instead of putting sugar in there. Um, And those could be really good alternatives.
2: Gotcha.
0: So Calorie wise, Frank, what are you what are your stats right now? How tall are you? Like
3: six one, one ninety.
0: Okay. I'm six one two twenty. How many calories should we be taking in each day with a relatively active lifestyle?
4: Um, I could do some math right now. Okay. Aren't there do you know is it NIH or something that has a where people could go online and calculate their energy needs? Yeah. Let
1: me there, see if I can find yeah, there's it. lots of calculators too. Um generally
3: while well, you guys are looking at that, um, people have, like, a pretty good argument about, like, carbs causing inflammation. That's, like, the main thing against carbs, right? Is, processed it, carbs, it, yeah. Processed carbs, yeah. inflammation. So, like, wh- is that to so stay away from the processed carbs, but you can't have other carbs, more whole foods types of carbs. I'll well, be
0: interested in what you guys say. If I eat sweet potatoes, I never have inflammation. Uh, If I eat bread and donuts, my elbows and knees just crush me. It hurts when I wake up in the morning to walk around. But if I eat, like, sweet potatoes or quinoa, I don't really ever have any issues.
1: Yeah, so mostly it is the processed sugar that causes all of that. Whole foods, generally, it'll just be turned into energy. It's not going to have any weird metabolites that um, are causing any issues. Um, So that's why I say for the majority, you should be sticking to whole foods. Uh, If you're not, then trying to add, trying to substitute something that you normally eat for a whole food instead. So again, that's things that look more like what they did in nature rather than something that's ground up, taken all the color out of, Um, just looks like a bar, like a cookie or something. Um, Instead, maybe try to make your own Um, because that's that's kind of where you have most control, even when you look at cookies and they're like, oh, this is an organic cookie. Like, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know where you got all the flowers. I don't know how much you ground it up. I don't know how much sugar you put into that. Um, so if it's kind of hard, I think, too, to, um, if you don't have time to make your own stuff. But trying to make it a priority, because that's really the only way you can know. Um, I also do, just like a quick trick, um, I make a lot of chia pudding because I don't have a lot of time to make stuff either Um, and so that's I don't know if everyone knows this but chia seeds um, they've got a lot of soluble fiber in them so when you put water in they gel up turn into like a pudding consistency after like three hours Um, and then you could put whatever you want in there you could put milk you could put protein powder you could put uh, berries or you could sweeten it up with honey Um, and so that's a really quick snack that
4: it's very shelf stable take on the go. A lot of the stuff you'll I can hear from her but also from me is like it's not like the sexiest um answers because they're not like quick fix fancy, oh look at this magical new or even like a hack. It's like try not try your hardest not to get caught up in the hype and the fads and the trends. Um it's just a known thing that as humans that's what we will do and we'll follow is if something's trendy, we're gonna kinda go that route, but Cooking at home, whole foods, and little tricks like that where, you know, you can supplement things in. It's, it's not, like, as exciting, but consistency over time with that, you're going to win way more than, like, oh, let me try this. Okay, now I'm going to try that.
0: Well, it's easier for me now because Amy cooks all organic and we have 600 pounds of wild game in the freezer, so it makes it a lot easier. Um, and and Frank, Frank, Frank was a roommate, so it, it was easier for him. I don't know how it's easier for now, but when I was single... I ate a lot of eggs and a lot of tuna and a lot of shit that I would have to cook because I didn't know enough um, about cooking to make a good meal. So I had a lot of sweet potatoes, and, which is probably bad. I throw in the microwave for five minutes and I had a sweet potato. And that's all because I didn't know I had the discipline to do that, but I didn't have the discipline to learn how to cook. Um, and I kind of based it off of as far as like my meals for the next day, I would yeah, that night I would cook chicken breast. And I'd cut a sweet potato in half and that's what I'd have for my lunch for the next day just because as a construction worker and not enough time to, I, I would try to pre-make meals Sunday for the week. And so I would do a bunch of chicken breast or elk steak or, you know, and make a, a giant thing like brown rice. And that was about as good as I could get personally because I just wasn't that good of a cook. Um, and I think that is a huge problem is the, why I travel a lot, hey, I'm gone, or oh, I work construction, I don't have time to do this, is, is not, you know, you don't have the food you want to eat and you go grab a Snickers and a bag of chips. So the, the pre-cooking or the pre-prepping meals was a, a huge thing. What would you come up with?
1: Um, well, I got yours is around like 24 to 28, but I don't really know what your activity level looks like. Um, and generally I don't do like a lot of like calories in, um, calories out type thing. I more look at what are you eating right now? Has your weight been stable? Then if it is spot on, if not, where do you need to allocate? Um, Because I think another thing is like genetics, uh, your RMR, your resting metabolic rate, uh, that's the number of calories that your body burns at rest. So if you were asleep for 24 hours, that's how many calories you burn. And for a lot of people, it's kind of similar. And that's what these calculations are doing. It's an average, but some people's is really
4: high and some people's is kind of low.
0: So what's the what you guys checked on me was the basal metabolic rate. What is that?
4: So yours was based on your um, reading on the. We have an in-body scale, mm-hmm. and so it's measuring lean mass and water and fat mass. Um, so, it, but it's still based on an equation mm-hmm. to give you again your your basal metabolic rate.
0: So my my basal is twenty one eighty. So that means I can at least eat that much in twenty four hours. You can eat more (laughs)
1: because you're still, even not exercise, just regular moving around, just getting up out of bed and going to work. Those are a lot of calories, especially um, to move your body. You're like twice my size, so um, you're moving that body around all day. So then you're probably burning five to 600 calories doing that.
4: And then if you exercise, something on top of that as well. And what the goal is? Are you trying to lose weight? Or if not, that's going to affect what you... Should take in
0: right, and I'm only bringing up me because we're sitting here and most people are probably gonna be to um, to to lose weight, but some and I've tried to explain this to like I'm never gonna be skinny, probably um, not without a lot more discipline, but I have friends that are never gonna be probably real buff, not unless they have a lot of help from um, other things that aren't even legal so, if you're like naturally can eat 8,000 calories in a day and you never gain weight, you're probably never going to be like a big, beefy, buff guy. But if you're a natural fat kid, you're probably not going to be ever going to be super, super skinny. Um, I mean, do you find that to be true or have you found? And again, I'm only going off what I've seen. It's not like I'm a, I am don't know what the hell I'm doing. I've just never seen a skinny guy magically get huge no matter how much effort he put into it.
1: Yeah, that's all genetics. And so... Um... It's kind of just, yeah, it's whatever your genes say, your muscle distribution is, your RMR, um, yeah, how hungry you are.
0: So with that, though, if you get a guy that's 5'10 and 155 pounds that wants to pack on 20 pounds of muscle, he's got to be extremely disciplined the way I have to do in reverse to see my abs, which is next to impossible. How much, how disciplined does he have to be to do that?
1: Yeah, very much so. Yeah, because it's kind of against his what his body is trying to do. His body is trying to keep him at this comfortable weight um, and body composition. So um, yeah, they, you have to do a lot of tricks. Um, My little brother was like that. Um, I guess kind of now he's a little bit older, so he could pack on a little bit more weight, but um, that's pretty common, especially in guys. Like they have this super fast metabolism, but they're like, I want to put on muscle and they can eat, all kinds and they just lose weight and so yeah you have to really be using your body a lot um i can't really talk that much to exercise but i know it's a lot of um
0: but they would need to see someone like you and this is what i've told people like don't ask me i i barely can function on my own you're gonna have to see a specialist a dietitian yeah to 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 reinvent the wheel because that specific body type you're twisting what your genetics have handed you, and trying to yeah, it's to a, a different... lot of sneaking stuff in. Yeah, and so you can't just say, "Oh, I'm just going to eat a bunch, drink a bunch of orange juice, and eat carbs." There's a lot more to it than that. Um, in the can same, be done. yeah, it, it it can be, but I. I
4: there's science behind it. You have
0: yeah. to have help. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody, I mean, maybe you can read books in men's health, but you have got to see a professional because I've, I've seen guys go through five years and put on like seven pounds and I'm like, I can put on seven pounds <laughs> in a month, in a week, I can put on seven pounds easy because of my body type. For me, it's harder once I get, you know, towards that um, 210, 205 range. I, I, I really have to focus to get below that. Um, and I really don't know what I'm doing enough to, to, to do it. Like I'd have to have somebody directing me left, right, left, right, exact, or I just can't.
1: Yeah. And it's a lot faster too. If you get an expert, then you're not doing things even just a little bit wrong. Um, cause then if you have someone that's telling you exactly what you need and how to change it, how it's going to be easiest, then you'll see results very fast.
0: Gotcha. Um, Frank, you got
3: anything? We didn't really talk about dairy. What do you guys think about dairy?
1: Well, um, I think it's not as horrible as people say it is. Um, There is a little bit of concern, I think, more of the ethics of it. And then also a lot of the population is allergic or even sensitive to it. Um, And so I feel like it's perfectly fine to swap out for um, alternative dairies because really what's great about it is that it's got – Vitamin D and calcium and protein all in one, and that's not really in other foods. You have to kind of build that with different um, different foods. So then if you just swap out an alternative dairy, usually you have to find with one with added protein because they normally won't have protein, then you're getting all those good bone nutrients in, in the protein.
0: I do almond milk. Um, mm-hmm. If I drink a milkshake, I, I will bring a tear to a glass. So I, I have horrible gas, mm-hmm. but I went months without dairy. Um, just for the where I was at in the world, and and uh, it seems like I drank it as a kid, no problems. And then it seems like my body got used to not having it. I can have some dairy, but like I can eat some cheese, and it's not the end of the world. But if I drink a glass of milk, I'll, I'll puke, I can't handle it in my body. And if I drink a milkshake, not only will I feel sick, I'll stink for six <laughs> hours, it's it's until it gets through my system. Um, so I drink almond milk, and, and I think. As much jokes as my buddies make, there's no nipples on almonds, but
2: um, <laughs> almond milk
3: I I like. But yeah. um. how do you feel about cheese on pizza though? That's I mean that's basically, that's basically <laughs> what I was getting to. I
1: did hear that that wasn't popular. Um, I mean if you feel good with it, uh, then it's fine. It is because it has high fat content. It is calorie dense. Um, so then you're basically gonna have to modify the rest of what you're eating because you're not gonna be needing more fat in other places. Um, so at-home pizzas are really good for that because you don't have to put as much grease and stuff on there um, and then you can make it really balanced. But yeah, cheese is fine if you can tolerate it. If you don't feel really good and you're eating a lot of dairy, that's probably it. You're probably sensitive to it or allergic.
4: That change over time is not uncommon.
0: Yeah, yeah. is the is the almond milk an all right substitute?
1: Yeah, try to find the one with added protein though because normal almond milk is like one or two grams yeah com- we,
0: we do i didn't just as a byproduct anything that says protein i'm like oh it's got to be better i didn't know <laughs> like i knew that but no we i had a lot of from podcasts we've done as far as the peas and almonds don't have nipples you shouldn't be drinking that milk it kind of like the more from midwest guys they've taught since they you know dairy's great but i have not had the best of luck with you know, I, I get um, congested, and I have a lot of my friends the same way. They get super like hacky, like you know, when you're getting over a cold from drinking milk. I don't get that with almond milk. It tastes better for me. So usually, I, I'm telling people, I'm like, if you have an option, it's a lot of fat in milk too. So not all milk and sugar, right? Sugar, sugar. Yeah. They yeah. add a lot of
3: sugar to milk.
1: Um, sometimes it's got lactose, which is or yeah, lactose, which is a sugar too. Um, did you have something to say, Jess?
4: No, I just wanted to ask you about the combination of fat and sugar in food. Since you just brought that up, it makes foods very tasty and easy uh, yes. to overeat. But
1: yeah, so because fat is flavor, um, I went to culinary school. That's what they preached, and it's true. Yeah, um, and then sugar just tastes good. So when you combine them, then you have a lot of calories from the fat. You have a lot of unnecessary empty calories from the sugar. Um, and so then that's not good. You're getting kind of, um, no nutrient value out of a really
4: tasty product. I just find it interesting because a lot of people are like, Oh, I have those cravings and a, for sugar. But then the things that they mention are like a nice combo of fat and sugar. They're not talking about like Skittles.
0: Yeah. I have a sugar issue or what, you know what I mean? Like I and not just sugar, you're right, it's it's fat and, and sugar both, but when uh, it does go away, like I have gotten to, guys, as I say that, I'm, I eat sugar now, but I mean, it does go away over time, and that's one of the thing I try to uh, explain to people, and I probably do it poorly, is the body reaches a state of homostasis, I guess, where its ability to adapt or stay the same, and I, I'm when I was a fat kid and drinking pop or Gatorade, which Gatorade's not great, and Snickers bars, and it got to a point after a while it took several months that I couldn't drink soda it tasted horrible to me and something that now um other larger people that don't eat healthy would make fun of me over I'm like well I can't eat what you're eating now like your body does adapt to where you're used to eating healthier food would you say that there's either of you is there a would you yeah. say six months with it? What What do you think? What, where, what do people have to hold on for? Like, will this ever go away? Because initially I get a lot of guys like, hey, I ate, you know, whatever I've told them to try. And they're like, that tastes like shit. I could never eat that. Um, but eventually it does taste good or did for me.
4: That might vary. I'll let you answer as far as time goes. But I just want to point out the that the environment is huge for that. Because it's probably, you're never going to, like, forever not take in those things or choose that but you really need to think about the whole time i've just been thinking about this the behavioral and kind of like approach to all this just in general mm-hmm. is really important because if you don't set up your environment and you don't have if people in your household are just doing whatever they want which i get that a lot of patients yeah. are like well my husband doesn't yeah. care and he'll eat whatever yeah he or wants. kids
0: yeah, i have kids so you always, and... you're always
4: just going to constantly struggle so no that um, makes sense how many kids so do you So it's kind have?
0: of
3: like a lifestyle thing is that what you're saying?
4: Yeah, which I and I we say that all the time. It's one of those things that's like very cliché, but there is meaning behind it if you have the conversation about what that really means cuz like lifestyle changes is just kind of like, okay, this sounds very vague and non-specific. It means looking and strategizing where you live, who's in the house, what's in the house, where do you guys go? What's your daily routine like? But anyways, like
0: Well, Um, your husband's here you're fit um, and I'm your kids look wired out and super fit so just out of curiosity since you guys are parents I had issues initially with my daughter as I'm trying to get her to eat healthy and and everything else of um, (laughs) with the um, uh, other other parents saying I have kids you know, I can't feed my kid this. And I'm like, well, I wish my parents would have fed me this because I was a fat fucker because my parents (laughs) were giving me those muffins that are 580 calories for breakfast and a bowl of cereal. I didn't know any better. And so with my daughter who, you know, she's for me, has some, a sweet tooth. I'm like, hey, Kaylee, you know, kind of prodding her, you know, not like forcing it down her throat. But just because you have a kid doesn't mean by default they get to eat like shit because they're a kid. And I don't know if you guys believe in that or that's how, but... You kid can have bad things, but I mean, overall, I try to get, got my daughter, which works. She's super fit now of, hey, you know, fast food, right? Just because you're in a hurry doesn't mean you should go eat McDonald's because that's what your grandma and grandpa and your mom do. This is what you should try and do. So prepping food. And I started Kaylee that at a, a
2: super young age. Do you guys do that? So, Nick
4: feeds yeah. the kids. <laughs> get get him on. Basically do all the food for, <laughs>
2: for our family. Um, but I grew up in a, in a restaurant, so I've seen uh, my dad and mom cook my whole entire life. Um, so composing meals is very s- simple for me, for the most part. Um, but I try to, and I and for Jess too, we, we try to put our kids in position by exposing them to different types of food. I think part of the problem is if you're always exposed to something that's fast or uh, a sugary drink or a candy bar, then it's more likely that they're gonna to gravitate to those things. So we try to put out like vegetable trays and fruits and things that they, that tastes really good. That they'll enjoy most of the time. Um, but over overall, we just try to keep the kids for the most part pretty active, and so that they, you know, <laughs> the way they look. I guess they I'm not overly concerned about the juice. way they look. What mm-hmm. I am concerned about is them being out and being exposed to things. And so that's where basically our where we lie on those to- on those topics. Um, so we expose them to different things, like you know, riding a bike early, skateboarding. Yeah. Our two year old just picked up skateboarding over the past weekend. Um, just being outside and being active because kids nowadays are super sedentary. They sit inside, watch TV, they have a tablet, phones. Back, you know, 10, 15 years ago we didn't have all that so I think that keeps different. their
4: appetite in like sort of what happens as adults, your appetite will kind of become dysregulated with your activity so you can sit there and eat and you really haven't done anything and so it's just not linked up with your need and so for our kids we try to you know, I mean, obviously they just naturally want to be active, but then they're going to eat appropriate for their need.
0: So, like, do you kid, do you do you give your kids Fruit Loops for breakfast, like like Cocoa Puffs?
2: Yeah, I think like everything's balanced, right? Like,
4: he recently um, uh, decreased yeah. that though. <laughs> Over <the>
2: like, because <laughs> well,
4: I like come home and just have handfuls of dry cereal. Right after and so, work,
2: if Jess yeah. is having handfuls of dry cereal, <laughs> so are all the other three kids. So I just basically took it out of the house for a little while, just because. I noticed that when I cook a nice plate of food, right, they 16 hands of Fruit Loops beforehand, and so then they don't eat what's what's necessary, right. essentially. So I just took it out for a little while, and eventually, you know, we're just like anybody else. We try to, we have those things, too. We have our Krispy Kreme. We have a candy bar here and there, you know. Well, and that's...
4: <sighs> kind it ebbs and flows.
0: I was worried about my daughter's, the way she looked, because I was a larger kid, and then I battled it. So I do, I mean, I didn't, like, yell at her but I'm thinking I'm like hey Kaylee, you have the genes to be kind of fluffy so keep that in mind and, and she and I are like best friends or buddies so I'm like you know you kind of get out of it what you put into it so if you start working out all the time of course she got into boys and she got super fit and she's got six-pack abs now because of boys which I'm fine with whatever it takes but she
4: can shoot a bow yes yeah, <laughs> you
0: shoot a bow yeah but I tried to take like hey if you're gonna sit around all day and you have schoolwork don't stuff your face with donuts all day. That may be maybe a more of a healthier eating day. And then if like you guys talk about, she likes ice cream. So if we go do cardio and have a big active day that she can get away with a little bit more bad food where when I was a kid, I was just eating bad food all the time. And so she kind of understood uh, the ebb and flow of it. But I get so many parents that are like the kids are really overweight that that are asking me for advice. And I'm like, well, your kid doesn't really do shit, right? Like you need to get them out of the house and get rid of some of the things that are easy for them to grab. But I'm not like the parent of the year either. So I just did my best.
4: Well, and it's hard too because sometimes I, I, we, we have bad habits as adults. and th- But then we want the best for our kids. So we're saying all this stuff. But are you actually like leading them to that? You too are going to have to go outside. Yeah. They're, they're less listening and more just watching. So if they see you working out or prioritizing that or cooking meals and stuff that's the best approach for them rather than just like anything else tell them something they might even like try the opposite on purpose
0: so uh, we've we've uh uh you guys can both be on the mic down there because i'm going to kind of fire both of you guys some some questions um so actually um on your end uh what is your specialty just so people have a little background i know what it is but um because i'm going to fire questions towards both you guys as far as working out and diet
2: Yeah. so um most of my career i've been coaching collegiate athletes um all across the board so we do or so basically i've been in the collegiate system the ncaa system i've coached ncaa division two track and field and cross country um i've done pretty much everything from the strength conditioning side all the way to the super aerobic side where kids run marathons and whatnot so that's kind of my specialty so you say.
0: from the diet like when we were talking earlier um from a backpack hunting perspective or so Frank, even though it's given Frank crap, Frank five o'clock every day. Is that when what's that for CrossFit? CrossFit? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's an hour. So Frank does CrossFit five o'clock every day for an hour. I'm anywhere between two and five. I lift for 30 minutes and then I go do 50 pound, 40 pound pack for, I guess that's about an hour. Um, so two, two, or excuse me, an hour to an hour and a half a day of fairly high intense physical training. Um, You know, which isn't anything compared to what we do when we're in the field. Right now, I'm about, I have that MyFitnessPal app, which just mostly keeps me honest. It's kind of like my paycheck, right? Like, where the hell did my check go? So I started writing all the shit down I bought, and I'm like, oh, I suck at, you know, budgeting. Same thing with food. Like, holy shit, I forgot I ate that because I wrote it down. I look at the end of the day, and then like half the pie chart is bad carbs. And so that helped kind of keep me honest. So on both of your ends, for somebody doing an hour of CrossFit, an hour, hour and a half of cardio and lifting, what, what do you guys think as far as the diet goes? When's a good time to eat poorly if you're going to? Um, meaning, is it at right after you work out? Um, and meaning we're going to have guys that are super fit that don't eat any advice that are listing in. But we're going to have guys that are on the wagon that have dropped 50, 40 pounds and they've plateaued. Is there going to be a serious detrimental time to where maybe they're eating incorrectly? Um, Are you guys kind of getting what I'm asking here?
1: Yeah. So basically, if you're expending a lot of energy at that moment, you're going to need energy. You're going to need to compensate for what you um, just used up, especially if it's cardio. So your heart rate's up, um, then you're going to need to replace those calories. Um, so if, it, if you're going like a pretty long period of time, more than an hour, doing um, moderate to high intensity workouts, um, then you're going to need something to replace kind of right then. So if you're going more than an hour, then you'll need something during. If not, then you could just eat something after. And so that would be Carbs, I like to do, so I said the three to one ratio um, of carbs to protein, and then I like to make half of those carbs, um, half and half, simple and complex. So simple is more of, uh, not necessarily processed, but more quick. So things like fruit, or maybe the more processed, like a piece of white bread or a tortilla, and then the rest should be more complex. So things like vegetables or whole grains.
3: I have a quick question. Does, is there a difference between like fruit sugars and like processed sugars in your body? Because that's one thing that Josh said. He said he doesn't eat fruit at all because of the sugars, right? Is so that true?
1: In terms of energy and metabolism, they're the same. But fruit sugars won't have the same negative health benefits that processed sugars have, like inflammation or um, raising your bad cholesterol, those things.
0: So, um what would well both of you but is there let's say someone's plateaued and they follow a very they get they're on the wagon they're on a very strict diet of eating every three hours whatever it is and they've they've plateaued this is obviously a blind shot in the dark but they're working out because they in their mind they're like i'm crushing myself i'm losing fat the entire time they get home and they you know crack down or whatever 1200 calorie 1400 calorie meal I found when I was lifting, both for building muscle and losing weight, it was better to eat while I lifted if I was doing heavy and high-intensity lifting as well as cardio afterwards. So I didn't look at it for losing weight. I looked at it as I ate the whole time to just, one, so I didn't binge eat later, but two, so I uh, maintained. And then I actually started losing more weight from doing that. I don't know if that's just my body type. I mean, what do you guys both suggest as far as peak performance while you're working out as well as losing or
2: gaining weight?
1: Do you want to take the exercise part first? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so I think uh,
2: part of the problem when um, people have plateau in their exercise is that if you're 30 to 40 pounds overweight, you can almost do any type of physical activity and start losing weight. As you get closer to having a better lean mass and you have less uh, percent body fat, it becomes harder and harder to achieve those same goals. Um, and so that's the reason for the plateau. Um, so at that point, I think it needs to get more specific. Um, and again, coming from an athletic background, everything's timed out. So, um, through windows. So basically we take a calendar count back, um, X amount of weeks, and then we put it into different cycles and to achieve a goal. But for the most person, for somebody who's just going to the gym, you know, what is your goal? What is your plan? Where are you going with it? And I think having those, those answers will help them not plateau as often basically
0: and and i asked this shitty question which you answered it really well that's what i was getting at is if your goal is to lose weight um you probably didn't want to do what i did and bought chicken breast and brown rice stuffing it while i'm doing squats but if your goal is to gain weight that and and that was where you guys come into play obviously kind of perfecting their diet and, and exercise routine but if they're plateauing and they're trying to lose weight, it's generally you think they they lost the easy weight and now they're on the hard weight. Yeah, because I mean,
2: of... for the most part, people are just going from sedentary, and then they decide, hey, I'm gonna go lose 10, 15 pounds. And then they achieve that goal because it's for, for the most part pretty easy because they haven't been doing anything, and all of a sudden their exercise levels jumped considerably. And then they get to a point where it becomes harder and they don't know how to correctly plan after that.
4: Right. So physiology is designed that way. Yeah, right. To do that. So I warn people that's an expected. There's a point for everyone where you're going to hit that struggle and I think point. I s-
2: too sometimes, like I, I always tell justice, is people have confusion between what is athletics and what is fitness and what is health. And they're kind of different things. Fitness and health are kind of the same thing. But athletics, everything's is uh, periodized to get to a common goal. Um, so one final performance, right? At the end of a season, end of a basketball season, end of a track season, football, whatever, everything's, all those weeks are planned out specifically to get to that goal. Whereas if you're just trying to maintain your health, a lot of times, most people aren't really looking at it. Like how many weeks does it take to get to X amount of fat loss or how many weeks does it take to get to put on X amount of muscle mass? Right. And so it gets complex. I think that's where people basically run into problems is they don't know – once they get to the gym and they achieve a certain goal, they're just lost and confused and they don't know where to go and don't know who to ask. And they can ask a personal trainer but uh, personal trainers don't always give you the – That's where I got a lot of the bro science shit was from personal
0: trainers. I didn't – I mean I I think one of the reasons I I pissed out kidney stones was I was taken in. 400 to 600 grams of protein a day um because from they were protein like,
3: shakes or just in general
0: everything tuna protein shakes they said i needed to take double what i weighed in at a minimum but they didn't you know i had 40 pounds of fat on me for one so some of that wasn't just muscle mass and so i was taking in so much protein i, I pissed out a kidney stone and the doctor said it's probably from taking in i was also eating eight thousand calories a day because i was trying to get super strong but I didn't know. And so I just did what people were telling me at the gym and, and trainers where I never until later on, I, I ended up dating uh, somebody who's a nutritionist. And I was like, man, I'm fucking retarded. I didn't I wasn't doing hardly anything right. I was doing parts of things correct. But I, if if I would have just sat down with a nutritionist and in uh, a and a good personal trainer, I probably would have been better off a lot shorter period. So you look like you're yeah. about to burst. <laughs> no, I think,
1: okay. The big part is when you start, I think it's, that's the most crucial p- time to get expert opinions. So if you're trying to get more fit or lose weight, like go get a really good personal trainer, go find a dietitian because if you don't, you're probably going to do it all wrong. Cause it's very hard to navigate all the stuff online. You can't really get good information because you don't know what's right and what's wrong. Like, I even have to go through and pick apart things that are right and wrong. And a lot of it's mixed, so you don't really know. And then you're more likely to hit that plateau um, because a lot of that is just you're starving yourself, you're not eating the right things, and so now your body has to adapt to that. It's going to lower your metabolic rate, and then now you're not getting any nutrients, um, you're not getting the things you need, you're not getting any calories, probably not in a good mood, probably not able to perform at your, um, when you're working out.
0: Getting sick a lot is another thing I noticed that, that yeah. can happen. Guys get the colds a lot or gout.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I always tell that, because um, at this other clinic I worked at, we have an RMR machine, so it measures. Um, you breathe through this tube and it's very accurate. So it tells you. And so then I tell them, if you're eating significantly less than your total output, then that's going to lower your metabolic rate. And then you're going to be at increased risk for illness and injury too. So stress fractures and stuff over time. And I think people don't realize um, the long-term complications. They're not really looking at that. Um, And then it you're kind of in trouble and it's too late at that point
2: it's the same thing with um, the exercise exercise piece is that people go into the gym and they're i'm gonna get fit and then they go way overboard the first week and then they find themselves extremely sore not motivated to go back in because they don't want to get more sore and they end up quitting and that's why it's you know it's a running joke that on january 1st every year it's here comes true, all though. the weekend Good God warriors. Almighty. yeah and it is true but if people had more guidance to begin with, then we wouldn't be running into these problems. And I think that's the purpose of uh, our overall company is to to guide people to make sure that they're doing it the right way long term.
0: Yeah. And we'll on that note, we need to go over that their list how they can find you guys. But have you ever seen a trainer? No. Hmm. And uh, and I only ask because Frank's relatively fit, and but you're disciplined. So. That helps a lot. Meaning, and, and he's very methodical, and he'll you you research quite a bit of stuff. And there's uh Brogan on his podcast. This what's her name, Doctor Rhonda Patrick. Ronda Pat- has had her, and he'll ch- he'll listen into that, and so he can kind of pick it apart. And he knows his body, which is where I've gotten to. Where I'd say my biggest issue was wasn't in my forties. It was twenty eight to thirty five, where I I my my goal was oh I want to lose weight, and then my goal was oh I just want to get stronger, but I didn't have really a a fine tooth, like a, I didn't have a scalpel goal, nor that I. And I'm reading men's, like you said, I was weeding through shit that was confusing me. Like people are breaking things down that I don't understand, and then I'm lifting, um, probably correctly, but I'm taking in um, my my diet um, was how would I put this? I probably spent more money on food I didn't need that I, you know, I could I could have reworked the diet where, if you look at all that on a financial standpoint, and I've told people a lot, like. What's you pissing away on bad food, you could use on a dietitian and a trainer, and be farther ahead than than you know the wormhole you're going down. And and actually on that note, what can you guys list off where they can find you guys as far as um you know uh that what you offer?
2: Yeah, so you can find us at defiance-health.com, and it'll give you kind of a rundown on basically what we do um, and how to get in contact with us, and either we'll reach out through via telephone or email. And our programs are really unique in comparison to a lot of people's is everything that we do is individually based obviously. From Sam Sam's standpoint she works on your nutrition part of it and then she puts together menus that will help you navigate what to cook every week cuz that seems to be a lot of people's problems is well, I don't know what to cook even though the the nutritionist that they saw gave them some macronutrients to to follow they just don't know what to do, how to cook it. So you can do this anywhere. So yep, it's all remote, and um, and I think that's the luxury behind it. Um, You have constant communication with us uh, through the systems. Um, We have an exercise app, and then we also have the nutrition app, and you can contact us through at any time, anywhere. We can answer pretty much anywhere.
0: Gotcha. So, um, uh, not to do the the, try to blue or not blueprint example again for a a guy that is 40 to 50 pounds overweight or a gal that's getting ready to do a backpack hunt, because that's the big question we get is I'm coming from back east and I'm going on a backpack hunt and they're physically demanding. And there's a price tag along with it. It's to go on an elk hunt of 675 bucks. And we, they're trying to get physically prepared. So they're, they're doing what the easy, they're throwing the pack on and they're doing whatever it is they know how to do to get ready. They're going to the gym. You guys basically can cater their their workout program, cater their diet, and you can start that in January, and you can bridge that up and change that as time goes on to get them ready for the time in September when they come out here.
2: Right, and that, that'll help them achieve their goals much easier because we can figure out how many weeks it's going to take us to get to our end goal. You don't need those headphones on, I'm by good. the way.
4: Yeah, you're good. <laughs> you can hear. I don't like blow up the microphone, but. I had a guy. I just have Hold to on. Point you got to
0: spin that bad boy. Or- <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you hear me now? Yes. yes.
4: Okay. I just had a patient who's a hunter and I I don't know if it's like, is it pheasants? He said everyone makes fun of this group of hunters because they're overweight and they don't, they're not like hiking and anyways, probably. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, Look, white pheasant tail, pheasant hunters
3: walk a lot. Yeah.
4: Maybe it's some. it could have been something else. Something else. White but, anyways, but hunter probably. He, <sighs> this, this beautiful man like eats like garbage through that season yeah and then he just goes hard in the summer he does testosterone and training and everything's in check and he's found over the past several years that like oh that works this year that works this year pretty worked pretty well this year Mm -hmm. and then like oh it's not working so well and now he's really struggling so i just want to point that out we can definitely have like strength goals, but our goal will always be to keep you fit year round, not in a complicated way. But, well,
0: and, and typically, just so you guys, and I'll help you guys out if you ever have questions on the hunting side, when you backpack hunt, I really don't need advice from anyone. You're starving anyway, as far as on the <laughs> actual hunt. When I say I don't need advice, meaning you're going to lose weight, there's no way around it. But, you know we train all year long but when it comes to whitetail season it's ho-hos and cookies and shit and you're sitting in a tree stand you're doing nothing but maybe freezing I would say I bet I white 4,000 calories in one day of cookies <laughs> it, and I have the discipline to not put cookies in the house but when you're at a hunting camp and there's a giant tray of cookies every time I walked by I'm stuffing Cereal. cookies in Yeah. Cereal bad because I never eat cereal and then they have almond milk and raisin bran. I'll eat a whole box. (laughs) Not good. So that's what these guys are talking about is that that whitetail season, you put on 25 pounds in a month easy because you're doing nothing but sitting in a tree stand, a platform. Your ass is the platform's about this wide and your feet sit on something like this and you don't move for five hours. You go back. You eat really bad food and then you go back in the afternoon and you sit there again and you do not move these guys generally will a lot of them will come out west and they'll hunt and they go to tree stand hunting so you have these huge peaks and valleys and then if you don't know already what to eat and then you go to doing that you're only eating what's in front of you it's you can gain some weight i mean 40 pounds i would say 30 pounds is not uncommon just because of they're not fit people they got fit to go on an elk hunt but they're not naturally a fitness-oriented um, lifestyle you know, person, and so that they go back into that lull through the winter and they put on 30, 40 pounds through the winter. So it sounds like you guys can really help with that.
2: Yeah, I think um, Sam does, does a really good job with um, well, when a client comes through and they are going to be gone for a considerable amount of time, Sam does a really good job of prepping them on different snacks that they can take with them. And so I think that... Being able just to have that guidance, um, both exercise and nutritionally is huge and it'll, it makes a serious impact on, on, on you when you're traveling. So
0: now on the, on the working out part, like, um, I don't know if you're still doing backpack cardio as much, but like we, we do backpack cardio every day, right? Cause you, that's what, you know, hiking in. So it's usually a 40 to 50 pound pack and it's anywhere from a couple miles to six or something, um, there, there's a lot of questions guys have of like, should we use, like I don't run, I, it hurts my body, I just don't like to run. Um, on the fitness side of should they do backpack cardio because that backpack's going to be on them all the time and what else should they do for lower impact? Um, is the row machine going to be better than, you know, whatever, the elliptical or whatever else? I mean, what do you usually suggest? Um, I guess this is more for, for you, Nick. Um, what do you usually suggest as far as that goes?
2: Yeah, I think... Um... Carrying a pack is obviously good because you're working on um, what you're actually going to do, for one. Um, but there's lots of different low-impact cardio that you don't really have to go out and run for. You know, you, it's as simple as jacking up the incline on, the, on a treadmill and, and walking for X amount of duration. Um, you could use a stair stepper. Um, the row machine is great um, versus a climber. There's lots of different stuff that is low impact that would be beneficial for that specific. I don't uh, like the VersaClimber.
0: climber. Okay. <laughs> it, um, what? Tough.
2: What are you doing now? What?
0: You do a lot of, are you doing a lot of rows?
3: We do all kinds of different stuff, but I, I usually hike every day. I've been hiking in the afternoons, actually. Should yeah, you base think,
0: it off of your heart rate more than anything?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's just a, a guideline.
2: And, again, genetics plays a big role in that. Um because some people can achieve a much higher heart rate than others and others achieve a much lower heart rate. Um women specifically achieve a little bit lower heart rate than males do. And so it just depends. Um it's an easy guideline t- to figure out um because it's just 220 minus your heart rate and that will give you a general principle. But again
4: age
2: age yes yeah, sorry. Um See, 220 that blew minus totally blue by me, that, your, that totally your, blew by me because I knew exactly what you were talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. 220 <laughs> minus your age. And so that just give you a general guideline. I would go do that plus perceived exertion rate, right? So how hard do you think you're actually going is another measure that you can add in there to make sure that you're doing enough because sometimes people will go in there and they'll be, well, um, it says to go 150 heartbeats a minute. And that might be too easy for that specific person depending on their genetics again. Um, So... Going off perceived exertion might be the better way to way to do it, and be like, "Well, I felt seven out of ten on this on this uh, for thirty minutes or whatnot." So that's what I would probably do.
0: And then what you guys offer is in continuity with each other, so your the left hand knows what the right hand's doing as your guys are giving this advice.
2: Yeah, and it's the same thing. Like we offer, the, obviously, blood work, and Jess goes over the blood work with them and with uh, individuals, and it's just so that we can make sure that. We're putting together the most comprehensive plan available for people. Um, so Jess will look at their lab work, and she'll go over everything they need to do there, and then they'll have a meeting with our strength conditioning specialist, John or me, and then they'll meet with Sam, and we'll try to put together the most comprehensive thing. That
0: and they can do that in person or
2: on the phone. Yeah. Um, yeah.
4: And the medical stuff. I'm unless they if they can't come here, mm-hmm. then I I can't prescribe, but I. I try to help people find someone in their area that can do yeah, something I've had similar for them. Or that's a for that. Or yeah, they'll sorry. come in. Yeah, you know, they'll fly <laughs> in and we'll take care of them. But we have to establish like a, a relationship. Otherwise I'm just kind of consulting. But I will like call clinics for you and and kind of look do online searches and try to find providers who are kind of in the scope of the hormone or weight loss stuff. But I'm going over kind of general health things usually
0: not to hop off the, the diet and the workout but really quick as far as because I get tons of questions um, on uh, the test replacement part of things um, part of it's a lot of times sometimes it seems to be diet for people there may not be anything wrong with their their, their levels or whatever and then other parts may be diet and um, and also working out they never work out so they, you know you're, they're they're feeling stagnant and then there's others that are working out a lot and these are the guys that I get a hold of me or like I work out all the time, and at 4 o'clock, I'm, I'm dead. Like, 10 years ago, it wasn't like that, and that seems to be more of where the, the test replacement therapy or, or whatever can kind of come into play. Um, if you're local, they can get a hold of you for, for that and at least get tested where you can tell them exactly where they're screwed up. Like, I mean, you were able to kind of go top to bottom with me, which has been a, a huge difference because I was always an active person, and I was, like, crapping out at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm like, what the hell is... It just didn't feel the same where now I'm, I, I feel 15 years younger from where I was. Um, you guys can kind of obviously, do, if you're local, do the entire package, but you can break it down. The first step is the blood work, what's going on there, and then you two break it down on the workout program, on the diet, and then they'll come back every three months for the... The blood work?
4: Yeah, it kinda depends. So my remote people may not do it every three months. They they might. Um again, I really I try to jump through hoops and so if they have a a primary care who's not necessarily familiar with the way that we approach things. Mm -hmm. Um, but they may do labs for them. You know, sometimes we can work with that, but generally every three to six months would be a good idea to get labs and that's kind of for not for every. You don't want to overutilize like resources and and get labs and testing all the time. Sometimes it's just overkill. But for lab testing, you do kind of want to have like a trend over time. That's what you're missing, right? Is if you came in like you did when you're feeling tired and you're kind of you're just not like you were. It'd be nice if we could have looked back at some labs when you were feeling great. So that's a reason why even if you don't have major concerns, you may just want to get some blood work done so that in two, three years, you know, we always want to be a resource for people over time. So even if they're not doing a program, they come back to us and go, hey, let's do another set and see what things are looking like now because I'm not quite feeling, you know, and I'm kind of biased because even if you're super fit and, you know, you're working out all the time, you still may want to check with them about are you sort of overtraining a little or is your nutrition a little bit out of balance or your needs different now? Um, but, yeah, so just periodic lab work, and that really applies to anyone and men and women. Women are a little more complex with menstrual cycles and stuff, but it's the same, up, same approach.
0: Well, and it also, above me on fitness, if a guy has high cholesterol or has hereditary issues, you guys can get a jump on that early. You take Brian Broderick. Um, dad died of a heart attack at 40, um, and he's stuffing moon pies and ho-hos down his throat constantly will that ever change? Who knows? But you guys can help get a jump on that on the diet and fitness side of things to where something that might extend their life and, and definitely gut health and everything else. I mean, it's the one thing i found with diet and nutrition is once you get on it, it's almost like religion. You found God and you're telling everybody about it all the time. Well, it's not because you are feel like you're better than everyone because you've got on the diet it's because you felt like shit for 15 years of your life and then all of a sudden you feel great you want to tell everyone about it I, it's hard not to become preachy about that sometimes because it's like amy's family was at the house the other day every one of them could have dropped at least 150 pounds <laughs> and I, i'm not shitting you. i was like and i'm trying to be as polite as i can as they're making fun of us for like the way Amy makes ranch dressing and we use veganese instead of mayonnaise and fuck everything we're eating, they're making fun of us. And I'm thinking, you're going to fucking die tying your shoes and you're making fun of me because I have veganese. I'm like, what's funnier, right? Like what's, what's, but politely I'm like, well, you have 12 pill bottles. I saw you pull pills out of this morning. That could probably all be fixed by a good diet and a workout program, but instead you're not working out at all and you're eating horrible and say that you're taking 12 I'm not shitting you. Like a maraca, twelve different pill bottles, he was pulling it out of. And so, those are other things that I try to get. I think about it. Hey, it's a lifestyle, not just for hunting. You're gonna live longer too. So, and and that's not to whatever preach about that too much. How much have you guys seen that like change people's lives completely?
2: A uh, ton. Like, even just in my like my mom. Um, you know, she was trending the wrong way. i would just be nice and say that. Um, But we got her diet and exercise routine back in check, and, I mean, she looked insanely different. I mean, she went from being about 160 pounds to being 133 and moving better than she's ever moved before. And it's just, it's huge. I think uh, people just don't realize it. And it can be one of those things that where people... Or like, gosh, aren't you guys way overboard? Even like, mm-hmm. for my father, he comes up to visit us in Denver, and they come and hang out with the kids. And he's like, "What are you and Jess going to go do?" And we're like, "Well, we can go work out." Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily that it's just like an obsession; it's just part of our lives. And I think that's where people are missing it they're it's, They're looking at the more of the vanity side of it versus what it will actually do for your health.
4: And yeah. It can be tough. You can get that. Those like, I mean. She, everybody's just basically in a war anyway about nutrition topics and fitness and all that. You can get looked down on because you're overweight. You can get looked down on because you're fit. And people are like, why are you doing that? And it's so annoying or you're obsessed or whatever. And, you know, that's kind of part of having the team too. Um, Mm -hmm. And the other thing I just wanted to mention, the story you're telling about, you know, people when they're in a situation they kind of know that there's risk and that's more – Again, the behavioral psychological aspect of this, which is also equally important is, you know, sometimes people are just in denial or they have fears or they'd feel like helpless and they're they're like, you know, it's just going to happen. They've almost just resolved that. So having people or, you know, whether it's us or anyone, even your primary care, maybe you can sit them down and (laughs) take a little bit of their time. I don't know. There's Everyone's busy, but and really just try to get a good team on your side to help you through that stuff. Cause you can sometimes break through those barriers. Like why are you eating moon pies? It's, you know, yeah. but it, yeah. sometimes you got to have the bro conversation about it. Yeah. Like what the hell are you doing? And then other times you need a little uh, gentle. Sometimes digging. I just try
2: to hand people things. I'm like, here, try this. Like, <laughs> yeah, see what you think. And then <laughs> They're like, Oh, that's really good. And then they kind of gravitate to that from now on. But um yeah, I mean, health and, wellness or health and exercise and wellness even for that matter are are, are big for anybody. Um, and I always tell the story about my grandmother. You know, she was, ends up diabetic at the age of 70 and, and basically stops moving and starts reading books and, you know, maybe six years later she, you know, died. And so it's one of those things that my family makes fun of me for. But I say all the time, once the day you stop moving will be the day that you start dying. Yeah. And
0: no, I mean, that makes total sense. And one thing, even though, and I, I fuck with Frank all the time about CrossFit, is when you talk about surrounding yourself with the right people, that is one of the best things about something like CrossFit, is you are surrounded with like-minded people that will keep you trained. And there's a lot of fitness, uh, and and I crack jokes about them, but there's a lot of trained to hunt activities where they're, um, I guess, they're kind of a CrossFit type of a, well, they drag sleds and flip sandbags over and shoot their bows and... It's all good because it at least it does give you a goal and it gives you something to to achieve or work for. Um, and if you're I, I don't do any of those things and I get like people get mad because I make fun of them. But I, in, in all fairness, it is a good idea because it keeps you honest. I mean, I can't get him to go shoot his bow with me because it he's going to work out at five every day, and that's a hell of a lot better than not you know working out at all. Um, and the same thing kind of with the the gym. I for me the biggest thing was a routine no matter what go into the gym at a certain time, um, or I wouldn't make time. So I made the time and it's just no matter what I went. Um, and that can be hard with kids and a job, but for the most part, I've found it's an excuse. You can generally, you might have to wake up a little earlier, but you you can find time through the course of the day.
2: Yeah. That's one of those things that I tell people all the time. I'm like, if you can just set aside one hour, that's roughly 4% of your entire day. And if you can't set that aside, you gotta be joking with me. I mean, one hour is not that much. And it's just necessary. It's good for your it's good not only good for your health, it's also good for your brain. Just the mental release and being away from everything and just putting in a good effort at something is, is huge. It'll help you you know exponentially.
0: Yeah, and I you know as far as like I'm like, hey, if you can't make it to a gym, you don't have to work out in the gym. You can do air squats, grab some dumbbells. I mean you can do push-ups, pull-ups, and then you can go for a run. You don't have to have a, a gym. I think the gym gives them the achievable or what's the word it gives them something to try to achieve towards to get to the gym to work out but you really can get a pretty freaking crazy workout in it at home without even getting to a gym.
4: I was gonna say we have a we have some clients like that where you know they may have some access to the gym but a lot of their program is designed just at home for what they have access to.
2: So yeah we have one girl specifically you know she works a ton and she's constantly stress ball and at, when we first built her program it was hard for her to meet the compliance rates and that's one of the cool things about you know the app that we work with is that we're able to see their compliance rate so we can actually hey you've missed this week mm-hmm. anyways we noticed that she was her trends were really bad and and so I finally called her I said hey what's the deal what's going on how can we make this better suitable for your lifestyle um, she said well i have x amount of equipment at home and I want to work out there, you know, three to four days, something like that. Um, so we, they built, or uh, me and John built a program that was suitable for that, and all of a sudden her compliance rates took off again, and you know she's dropped. I don't know since she started between you know the hormone therapy and with us she's probably lost close to you know forty fifty pounds. So strategizing yeah,
4: is important, and you have to keep doing that over time. Sometimes and being honest, that.
2: I think a lot of times people are afraid to to tell you the, their truth. Yeah, you know, and. I think if you, the more open you are to people like Sam or myself or John and and Jess, that the more information we have that can help you. So if you're just going to come to us and tell us, well, you know, half the story, then we're going to only get half the results. So it's better just tell us, and then we can work around that and make sure that it's the best suitable program for what your life is at the time. And your life's going to change. So you know make sure that we know that hey you're going on vacation and you're probably not going to work out that's fine we can pick things up and we'll figure it out when you get back so
0: as far as go- goals go which i'm probably as bad as you what's your goal frank goal yeah for working out no in general for fitness and nutrition
3: i just want to be in better shape for hunting season so less winded and better endurance yeah that's, see that's I mean that's as- far as it goes for
0: me too yeah so if you ask me a pinpoint goal where one time my goal was to bench 500 pounds and to squat a certain and now I'm like I just don't want to be fat and get my ass kicked for season and so my I don't have a specific goal of a certain time to vent or whatever I just want to be able to crush it when I'm on the mountain and so that's kind of what I focus on isn't a specific time it's just basically that my lungs aren't burning at 13,000 feet as I'm climbing up and I kind of assumed you would say that but I mean, overall, what did you weigh when I met you? Two-something?
3: When you met me? I yeah. was probably less, like 170. Well, you got it up I was, like, no. thin.
0: What, what did oh, you weigh like,
3: fattest for, yeah. like, 205, 210.
0: Yeah, I was going to say. And then, um, what did you say you are now? 190. you feel better cardiovascularly? Mm-hmm. So do you think that there's an optimal mate for almost, well, I'm sure there has to be, but as far as an optimal mate, meaning you guys can probably pick it apart fairly quick once a person kind of diets down to what they're telling you if they're being honest to where a specific person's diet as well as total weight may be more optimal than another's, and you might pull the plug and be like, hey, you don't need to lose any more weight from what you're telling me. You're you're dragging down now, and so you guys can kind of work around that as well. Um
2: yeah, certainly. I think um, again it just comes with the openness. Like a lot of people come in and they might get to their goal and they might not feel very good there. You know, a lot of times like people just throw out random numbers. They don't know what that number means. They're just throwing it out there because somebody else threw it out there or they heard it somewhere along the line. And I think it's important to stay away from that. What do you want to look like might be the better question and how might how you might be able to attain that is the
0: that's kind of what I was leading up to is some people get to a goal and they're like, I feel like shit. <laughs> like, like, you know, they got to 185 and they're like, man, I'm dragging. Mm-hmm. What's that? I'm 3%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I was wondering is because like I had a, a diet goal at one point and I, I needed 10, 15 more pounds on my body than, than where I was at. And I felt a lot better at 200 than I did, you know, below that. Um, and then I just try to, you know, maintain that, I guess, and go from there. And I don't, where are you about where you want to be? Mm-hmm. Um, how much you you it each day? Have you kept track at all? Mm-hmm. What would you guess?
3: I have no clue.
0: Well, you're no help. <laughs> um, as far as apps goes, um, uh, and then obviously where they can kind of round this out, what apps do you guys suggest as far as keeping track of your, your calories? Do you guys have anything specific that you think people should look at?
1: Um. Again, I kind of go back to more of the um, – it's called intuitive eating It's or mindful eating, if you guys have heard of it. So I don't really look at calories per se. Um, on my end, when I'm doing someone else's menu, I do an exchange system, which is similar to the diabetic exchange system. Basically, it just cuts down the amount of numbers that I work with so that I know their, their exact macros and portions. Um, but for other people, I'm like, how do you feel? Like, are you hungry? Are you eating within 20, 30 minutes of being hungry? Are you stopping the very second that you're full? Are you going past it? Um, 20 minutes later when you're, when you've kind of digested your food, how do you feel? Like, do you feel sluggish? Do you feel more energized? And then from there I kind of tell them, well, what does your body say? That's probably good. And that's kind of why I'm glad that, um, he was saying like, I don't know, I just eat when I feel good, and I feel great. I feel I'm at a good good point. And I think that's kind of the goal that I try to make with most people. I'm like, you shouldn't be panicking about your diet day in and day out, because then that's not good for your mental health, your emotional state. Um, And then, you know, it's all a component of health, so I want it to be a component of health, not a stress. So, yeah, I think, but it is kind of nice, too, if you feel like you don't know where you're starting yet to use things like MyFitnessPal. That, that's kind of what I was
0: getting at was starting so they can kind of see, like, you took in 5,200 calories yesterday that, might, you know, for you guys to, to start off with. You, so maybe do that and maybe not.
4: I, I agree with that because... Um, typically I'm, I'd rather just send them my patients to her, but sometimes if we're just doing something really basic mm-hmm. with a weight loss patient, I'll have them start tracking. And usually it's not because they're going to track for the rest of their life, but they start tracking and, and they get that awareness of like, wow, I can see what's in this and this is like wild. Yeah. And then they realize like, oh shoot, I have to enter all these things through the day that they weren't really thinking about that they were tasting or snacking on right so it's really like again kind of the broader approach use of those apps but again I'm always going
0: to prefer they're
4: not obsessing about things yeah
0: they don't really need the app if they're following your diet plan because they you know what they're eating but initially for people to get an idea that's what woke me up I didn't really follow it after that I mean I say I did and I followed it for a little bit just to kind of okay here was two weeks oh my god I ate a lot of carbs and and just to give get, get an idea but They don't need that after they get a hold of you but do you need
1: yeah i think initially because people don't realize what they are putting into their bodies they don't know what it looks like and so i do try to teach people the exchange program i use so that they can eyeball portion sizes and they're like yep that's what i normally eat but it looks different from the normal options i choose Uh, but they know that they're going to feel great um, and so, yeah, I think hopefully eventually we'll get an arm, arm, arm machine, just asking. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, then after that, like the next day it can be like, okay, here's what your body is using. How close are you? Like, what do you normally eat? So that I know, um, even to, if, you know, they shortchange what they're telling me that they eat, um, they can at least see for themselves, like, okay, this is where I'm, where I'm kind of not doing so well, so I should probably tell her, and then we could get it figured out from there.
2: And so when you work on, with Sam on (laughs) some of these things, if you have a question about maybe the food that you're going to eat at a restaurant, you can actually snap a picture of it, and it'll upload it to her area in the app, and she'll be able to critique it. Maybe stay away from this, maybe next time have this, and so it's kind of just like an ongoing education.
0: But people need to be super honest, or they're not going to get out of the package what they're putting into it. And lying does zero good. So I think you're right, maybe embarrassed people. I I, well yeah, you can probably tell
3: you guys can probably tell if they're not being honest though, right? Yeah. Because you're not getting of... the results that mm-hmm. are projected.
4: And also there's variability in everything too. I just wanted to point that out with the app thing. So even when you're using an app like that, you are a little imperfect measuring or you didn't measure and you're just guessing, guesstimating the label, if anything, there's lots of variability in there, I guess is what I'm saying. So sometimes if you're struggling and you're like, ah, oh, but I am I get that a lot. I'm doing this. I'm eating exactly this. I'm like, you're probably not. And it's okay. It's not like bad. But if you're using the app to track and you're eating 1200 and you're not losing, then maybe you need to go under. You should just work with your person to do that. But I just like to point that out too. Like, It doesn't mean it's it's perfect or exact.
2: Well, a lot of people get stuck on the number thing again, like, with mm-hmm. that. And so, and the same thing with exercise. They they start focusing on, like, how many workouts they did or what the number of repetitions they did. Like, and sometimes even when I'm training Jess, um, you know, she'll be like, I got to get this workout in. But it's, like, you know, 10 o'clock and I'll just say, eh, skip it. Because you're doing more harm stressing about it than you are just missing it and we can just pick up tomorrow so it's okay
0: no that makes sense and i i don't know how much you guys see this but one of our buddies um is uh extremely large and 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 there's a few other guys we've had that are like hey here's my diet and they'll type it out and they're like and i know what they look like and i'm like well that's not your freaking diet i can tell you that right now you're lying like, what do you mean? I'm like, if that was your diet, you'd look like Josh Bomar or, or you. I mean, you. I'm like, there's no way. And then I'm on the phone with them a week later, and they walk into a restaurant and they order, and they're like, I'll have hash browns and six eggs and double the bay. And I'm like, dude, that's twenty six hundred calories right there. Yeah, but this was just one meal, and I'm like, oh, well, how many of those one meals are you sneaking in that you're, you know, kind of just not being honest with yourself because. um or example, I only ate, you know, I only had 2,400 calories today. That's not that much, but you had it at eight o'clock at night before you went to bed and you starved the rest of the day. And so those are all the things that you guys can really keep people honest about, which is super important.
2: Yeah. And one thing that you can do and people do it all the time and you see it like, you know, the rocks famous for it is just having one big cheat meal. That way you have something to look forward to and it doesn't, you know, you can have the things that you want basically.
4: Well, you, yeah, you can build everything that way. I just wanted to point out the bad versus good thing too, because you can get stuck into that, like, okay, this is bad, this is good, or I've am you know, I'm, I've been good all week, so now I'm gonna be bad, and I just, if I could encourage people to think a little more objectively about it and, and just be like, is this helping me achieve my goals? You know, rather than, okay, this is bad and that's good, that's very just black and white, mm-hmm. and you know, is having a Snickers bad? For me today, if I had a Snickers, it'd probably be okay. I didn't eat much the rest of the day, and I'm going to work out, and that's just an example. I'm not necessarily going to do that, but don't be, like, beating yourself up over things. Just d- have a plan.
0: That was a big part for me that has his, his helped, and by no means am I a pinnacle of fitness, but the bad versus good, meaning if I wanted to eat something bad, I would go do something really good mm-hmm. for me to eat something bad. And and that may not be a good idea. But if I'm like, I really want to eat three peanut butter bars, I would go hit the gym really hard, go do a bunch of cardio. So maybe I didn't take as big a step back. It felt better about me earning that. I didn't do it all the time, but it definitely kind of helped me mentally of like, all right, I'm not going to feel like shit after eating this, even though it's probably something I shouldn't because I, you know, earned it. I may not be taking a step forward in my diet, but I was, so it wasn't taking as big a step back
4: you're actually strategizing there though which i like so you you know that works for you because rather than you going oh shoot i'm gonna eat three of these well might as well just skip the workout too you know that happens so i know
0: you're kind of like that too i guess probably a little bit
3: What's that, like strategizing? Maybe not I ate some pizza yesterday. I ate
0: yeah. a piece of pizza. You're, you're very conscious of it. I mean, I'd say that, you know, you work out pretty... You don't stress because you ate three pieces of pizza. You just may not eat pizza again for a little while. And I think when people do stress over it and make it a big deal, it seems they... You guys deal with it more than we... They fall off the wagon and just say, fuck it, and don't do it anymore. And it's like, hey, it's all right to cheat every now and then. You don't need to fall off the wagon totally. But how many wagon faller offers do you guys have to deal with um is it are you talking people off the ledge quite a bit
2: I think uh I think it's an ongoing thing depending on the topic um but yeah we have a, a few that are just problematic all the time um That's okay. And that yeah, that's okay. That's part of like that's part of the process and and again it's like everything is about communication. So if you're just open with us, we can figure it out. If you want to hide it from us, then we're going to have problems and um,
4: Then we see it and we don't continue.
2: Right. And I think, obviously, like our goal is to help everybody improve. But if we start seeing that everything is, you're just not doing anything, then we don't want to waste your money or your time. So we'll just let you go. And that's not to be mean or to be, you know, to draw any conclusion. It's just at this time, you're probably not ready to make the step that you once thought that you might have been ready to do. And I think that's important to have that communication with people yeah
1: yeah also I feel like a lot of what I do is not nutrition based it's mostly behavioral based So that's why I preach a lot about intuitive eating and um, trying not to panic about your diet and then I'll be like here's what you should have ate instead because then you probably won't feel that panic or those cravings later like I teach them this is why your body and your mind is acting that way so that they can prevent it next time because that's usually what's happening
0: did you have anything yeah the the one thing i had to talk with amy about because i like an alcoholic you know that they don't leave alcohol out on the table they drink. I'm the same way i'm like you need to work on your portion control it's super healthy but i'll eat it all right like like you gotta and i have the discipline if it's not there to, to work with a little But she likes to cook i mean she i don't I mean, she she's an Italian, so she cooks a lot, and I'm like, you need to trim that shit down because I'll eat it all at one time. And and again, like you talked about the, uh, what 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 was the the term you used?
1: Is it intuitive eating? Intuitive eating, yeah. yeah.
0: I eat so fucking fast. Mm. There is no intuitive eating because it's <laughs> so. I mean, I well he's well you eat pretty fast too, but I mean, all engulf food, and then later on, there's no intuitive to it. I'm like, oh holy cow, I ate too much, but there wasn't that dull time to you know, to overeat. I've overate and then been like, wow, you know, it have I ate it so quickly. So portion control is a huge problem with me that I have to think ahead of where like, Hey honey, you- I had her hide. We ordered that Bomar peanut butter. They have this crunch berry. I had to have her hide it. Cause it, I mean, being honest, it's bad. I, I will go by and I'll eat half of it and then I'll eat the other half. And then pretty soon because I'm active and I'm not feeling full, I'm, I'm, eating a an entire jar of it in the course of four hours and um am I gaining a ton of weight no should I eat a whole jar of peanut butter in an hour probably not or four hours so those are things like I've really had to work on where I'll, I'll hide food I have to have Amy hide it and just being honest I'm bad about it
1: yeah, just slowing down, and <laughs> <laughs> you're, like when you're eating, no distractions. Don't watch TV. Don't be on your phone. Don't work while you eat. Try to, yep. <laughs> We're doing all of those <laughs> I'm seeing red things. flags. Yeah. yeah, but like if your wife is cooking these delicious meals, and that's like a good opportunity to like slow down and be like, wow, this is really delicious. I'm gonna savor every bite, and then I'm gonna actually hear that fullness cue, because um, it takes a while if you're not listening to your fullness fullness cue. It takes a while to hear it because you never listened to it before. Um, And I was that way for sure growing up because I was a really tiny kid. Um, And so then once I hit puberty, just gained a bunch of weight because I was used to just stuffing myself so that I could gain weight. And then it kind of backfired. So now I have to kind of get back to that. I don't have to clean the plate. I don't have to eat a whole box of candy if I see it. Like I just, it
4: doesn't make me feel good. So I'm going to stray away. I'm
0: going to have to work on that one. (laughs) You got anything else? Go ahead.
4: I just was going to say one more thing. So I like, you still have a strategy, you're strategizing all over the place without, you know, you don't think of it that way, but like those things that you do to address your issues that you have. So I think that's really important and you can call it a hack or whatever, but I don't think people should be afraid to do that, strategize and get help doing that if you need to. And then also work through some of it. So maybe at least give an attempt to go like, why do I eat the whole thing of peanut butter? Is it because I just love the peanut butter or am I stressed out and that's when I'm most likely to do that or what, just like work through that stuff. So work on yourself but also just strategize with your issues. And if you're doing both, you're going to make a lot of progress.
0: Yeah, I, I have to strategize. You're better at it. You probably, you probably have more discipline than I do, I would say. I just stopped buying peanut butter. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to, like those peanut butter bars. Have you guys ever had the perfect bars? Mm-hmm. I, I can't. Oh yeah, I brought you one. I, I can't not eat them. And so, My thing is like I had the fucking borderline eating disorder. I like I literally got to drive like I'm going to go grab a kombucha because I but then I buy a fucking peanut butter bar. I can't stop myself. And so I have to like, well, I sent Kaylee to get kombucha earlier because I knew I would eat two of them. Um, I know that's that's horrible, but I, I try and be honest here. I just don't go to the store because I'll eat two of them. And the thing is, is I don't really gain that much weight over it. But I'm 42, working on 43, and if I can work around it now, I don't think I'm going to have this same metabolism when I'm 50. So I'm trying to get a handle on it now because I kind of have a history of a fat family anyway. So I'm <laughs> as, trying
2: to get a handle long, on that now. As long as your muscle mass stays good, you'll probably be okay. Yeah.
0: It's it, it's funny, though, because I, I talk to different people with the same problem. And I'm like, what, you think you're the only one with that issue? I'm like, dude. I, I used to take protein powder and put it in ice cream I, when I was bulking up and I'd have protein ice cream. That shit is unbelievable, right? Even my daughter remembers it, but now I have to basically run from stuff. So you quit buying it. What's your big vice? What's your biggest issue, we think?
3: Pizza, probably. Cereal, if I buy cereal. <laughs> I don't buy cereal anymore either. I love cereal. Well, and
0: not telling stories, but Lander, we go to these outfitter camps where we eat horribly. So I don't have cereal year round. And then all of a sudden there's these giant Brady Bunch boxes of fucking raisin bran. I'll eat the whole box in a sitting. And, and I'm thinking, Jesus, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but what's weird is I actually will lose weight, not right then, but when I get back, I really crack back down. And I don't know if that's true or not, but like my metabolism was like, what the hell just happened for the last seven days? I get back and it seems a weight, I'll lose a little bit. Is that, is there any, does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, it could just be your metabolism's picking up to compensate. Because if you do that pretty often, then your body's ready for it. It's like, yeah, this is how many calories I ingest. This is how many calories I output. About I don't need year. to. I don't need to take it down. <laughs> yeah, so that could be something. It could be too, um, yeah, because um, you're adding a little bit of water weight too when you're eating a lot of carbs. Yeah. Um, could maybe if you're working out, it could be adding a little bit of muscle, and then muscle easily goes away if you're not feeding it. So it could be a little bit of that.
0: I can tell you when we go to Alberta, I'm putting on some water weight because um, I eat cereal pretty much every day. But it's weird when I get back. I shouldn't say I lose weight easier, but it seems that if I went to Alberta and I was 206 and then I who knows what I get up to within three weeks, I'll, I'll seem to like pop back down to 204, 202, 200 initially and i'll bring that back and i don't know if that's because my metabolism went crazy or because the guilt i feel from eating so much cereal and i don't i don't spec it out enough but i I do have an issue with the the eating how like pizza wise how often are you eating pizza not
3: very often just like once a week maybe maybe your
0: cheat thing yeah i try to and you guys do kind of suggest that sometimes if you can be honest about your cheats
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, okay, so I think a lot of people have misconceptions that dietitians eat perfect, which I definitely don't. I have vices. I was just telling Nick today that I eat way too many chicken wings, like twice a week. It's, (laughs) And I don't feel like physically, I don't feel great after I eat the chicken wings. And so I try to get away from it that way. And I think that that has been a big motivator because, yeah, I went through a lot of, um, I, especially when I was a runner in college, I ate candy basically every day. Like if I find candy i would eat it and i would do the peanut butter thing too i would even throw cereal into the peanut butter and eat it with a spoon (laughs) but what it was was i was probably restricting myself earlier in the day and so then my body's like you need tons of calories right now and then it just became a habit so then it was more of like a stress reliever like comfort food um and then i wouldn't feel i'd feel so sluggish after i would do that and so then i picked up on all of those feelings all those cues all the physical part of it. And then I realized, wow, I feel so much better if I'm eating like vegetables and I'm not eating like tons of fried food all the time. And then it's just encouraging So then you're like, oh, I feel amazing. I want to eat that and feel amazing all the time.
0: Gotcha. You got anything to add? So, yeah, you guys want to list off one more time for everybody where they can find you at?
4: Yes, the website is um, defiance-health.com. And you can go on there and actually, like, schedule appointments. You can get into the system that way and fill out, like, intake paperwork, and then it pops through to us, and we can um, reach out to you to set something up. Even if you do, like, an initial, we have, like, a couple of different options for them. So you can do, like, a basic consult where I do just a quick phone call, review kind of your medical stuff and see see if there's a way that I can help you. If not, then whatever. If there is, then we apply that. You know, there's a small fee for that. We apply it to the the full appointment mm-hmm. where we're really going through a lot of stuff. But um, so you can go defiance-health.com is a really um, is the best way to go. We do have an Instagram. It's kind of new and small still. And um, it's just defiance at Defiance Health. Um, and then is that anything else? That's really the best way is online because there's a contact form. You guys can just shoot a message if you just have a question. And I'm all on Instagram. <laughs> gotcha. So,
0: uh, is there anything you guys want to add before we hop off?
2: Well, people that come from weight loss have a completely different journey than somebody like Jess or myself or anybody that comes from a really athletic background. And so, so just understand that it is a journey, and we all have our problems, and we have to be able to walk that journey to make sure that we can accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. And but don't like you know be like think wow that person's so athletic I'll never ever get to that point because we're not comparing athleticism to health and those are two different things and so just keep that in mind when you when you're comparing yourself to somebody on Instagram or somebody from a really athletic background that your genetic type is might be just a little bit different
0: gotcha well, cool. Well, I appreciate you guys um, coming in and then we'll probably end up having to do another one of these at some point, you know, because there's going to be a million questions that come through and um, I'll pawn off on you guys. But maybe towards the um, end of the season, getting closer to winter, we'll have another one of these and kind of sit down and, and just we'll jot down a lot of the questions that people have and inevitably a, a bunch pop up that we've forgotten or didn't think of or whatever else so but yeah i appreciate you guys coming in and definitely um if you guys are having diet ne- needing some diet advice whether it's gaining or losing weight or muscle or whatever obviously these guys can handle just about anything so thanks you th- thank you again
2: thanks for having us you can even say bye <laughs> bye my <bye>, friends <laughs> goodbye
4: i didn't get to say hello so goodbye oh, that's <laughs> thank you for having us no problem
0: <laughs>